0: And just for those watching, just want to warn you that uh, when you get the producer on, you don't get suit and tie. You get hoodie, sweatshirt and (laughs) a hat with an alien on it. (laughs) I love it.
1: That alien. Cool, man. Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your workforce transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Performance Matters podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal, And today we've got a very special episode. Um, so I don't know if anybody is uh, remember Seinfeld, but back in the day, they did a uh, very popular show about nothing was what they would say. Mm-hmm. And today we've been kind of riffing as a group and said, let's do a podcast about podcasting in terms of just getting behind the curtain of this. We know it's popular right now. So we said, Let's bring in some superpowers to help. I'm your host, Michael Teal, part of the GP group here. I work on the innovation team. I'm a creative director, part-time podcaster. But one of the people that has been very much involved with our podcast since the very inception is our producer, Derek Lewandowski. He is a media specialist. He's joining
0: me here today. Derek, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm also obviously, if you're watching, joined by my cat who's sitting on my lap. But uh, there's, <laughs> what's there's the name of your cat? I, this is Joba, J-O-B-A. Oh my gosh! What and, a cutie! Yes, I love it. He's a uh, he's a big fan of being on camera, so he he likes to climb all <laughs> over me whenever I'm sitting in this chair.
1: I was gonna say when we were doing pre-production, he wasn't anywhere to be seen, and then we we pushed the uh, the red light, and and he <laughs> shows up here. So. Now, Derek, you've been, correct me, how long have you been involved, not only with the podcast, but with GP
0: Strategies? Just share a little bit of your background. So I joined GP Strategies in, I believe, 2016 via merger. Uh, we were, I was with a company that was acquired, uh, and I joined the corporate marketing team for GP. And over the last couple of years, I had been pushing for us to do more podcasting because I could see the direction in which the... Uh, media was moving, where everybody was doing podcasting and everybody wanted to advertise on podcasts. And everybody who was an influencer wanted to be on podcasts. And I had been pushing for a while, hey, let's do a podcast. And finally, we decided as a team, it's a good idea. And since then I've been uh, involved in producing. And it's honestly the most rewarding work I've done in my career to date. It's just a ton of fun getting to hear from all these different thought leaders. And I'm learning more about the company and the specializations of the people within our company because I have to listen to every episode. And really, you know, you, you listen to things multiple times trying to, you know, dial in the audio. And it really it's almost like osmosis. I'm picking up all this extra stuff <laughs> about this company that I've been working for. And it's just been a, a very enlightening process.
1: Well, I know it's we have a group of uh, I don't have the exact number, but it's over 4000 professionals across the nation. And it is amazing. I will say selfishly, that's been one of my most rewarding things is just getting to know how many amazing thought leaders we've had here. So, you know, as a global company, we are spread all over here. So where are you calling in from on our StreamYard virtual studio here?
0: I am out of Wake Forest, North Carolina, where today it is 72 and sunny with a slight breeze out of the southwest. It's about as beautiful (laughs) as it gets.
1: Okay, so the first thing is, let's just start with this, because I know anyone could go on YouTube, on Google, and go, what is podcasting? And, uh, you know, you're going to look at a wealth of information there But what we wanted to do is just consolidate it into one talk. So we've cooked up a series of FAQ questions and let's just start at the top. And that is the first thing of just what the heck is podcasting? So Derek, I'm going to take this over as someone who does a lot of research for instructional design. And I I just want to say for anyone on podcasting, if we were sitting by a campfire and somebody saying, Daddy, tell me about podcasting, you know, and and you're you're, uh, seeing shadows and everything. Really the magical year was the year 2000. (laughs) okay so in the year 2000 that was really when the advent of digital audio files so mp3s children came through there i love that kitty cat by the way Um, (laughs) but so the idea was uh, a company called i2go helped pioneer mp3 technology audio technology and they actually created a uh, a distribution their own audio channel called my audio to go and they were one of the pioneers when it comes to digitizing audio and actually having a bit of a talk show. Unfortunately, the crash, the the, the bubble, the Internet bubble of 2000. We need to cue some dramatic music here, Derek, when we produce this.
0: Dun, dun, but, dun.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the bubble happened. Unfortunately, i2go didn't make it, but the MP3 stuck around, I think it's pretty fair to say. And um, kind of the the idea was that merged with the concept called RSS feeds. Um, So real simple syndication, really simple. The ability to subscribe, kind of have things come right to your email address that you're interested in, whether it's little news feeds or, yes, digital audio feeds could come in. And that started mushrooming things. And I'm going to give credit to a, a football team that I'm not a massive fan of. I respect them. But I wouldn't say I like them, and that's the New England Patriots, because in the fall of 2000, they were the pioneer of the first on demand internet radio um, sports talk system, Derek. So there's a little knowledge drop for you. And I believe it's called PFW in progress, but that kind of started this whole wave of internet radio, and it's really taken on a life of its own. So, Derek, why don't you? I'm going to pass the baton to you. What's happened between 2000? And now with this world of podcasting.
0: Well, I, I just think the advent of all the new technologies that we have, have has made a broadcast studio much cheaper, much easier to have in anyone's home, in any office in the country. And that just gives you a new medium uh, in which to get your message out there. You know? And depending on the size of your company now, uh, you know, if you have three or four people, you might not have a podcaster, but if you've got more than five people at this point with as many podcasts as there are <laughs> in the world, you've probably got somebody on your staff who's done podcasting and just the ability to get a cheap mic or just use your phone and to upload for free to YouTube or SoundCloud. Uh, it, it's a, uh, it's a game changer and it's allowed a lot more people into the discussion.
1: Yeah, you think what used to used to have this elaborate studio or invest and burn time in that? I mean, we're doing it right now on the internet. We have a, a subscription; it could be free on Streamyard. We have a professional subscription, so you can have a nice branded look to it. But it's um, it's 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 pretty free. It's almost Netflix type price, so it's very affordable on that end. And so, Derek, I know in the past people have to kind of explain the concept of podcasting. How has that evolved in terms of just for you personally, when people go, hey, yeah. what do
0: you do, Derek? Well, you know, it used to be when you when you first started podcasting, and when I first started listening to podcasts, podcast, and I'd say maybe 2012, 2014, you would tell somebody about your favorite podcast, and they say, hey, what's a podcast? And you'd have to explain, well, it's like the radio, but it's on the internet, and you have to go to this website or whatever. <laughs> well, now it's a lot more accessible. Everybody's got the podcast app on their phone. If it's not Apple Podcasts, you've probably got Stitcher, or overcast or any number of other audible is, I mean, pretty much every audio platform has podcasting. And I think YouTube comes with a lot of phones now and everybody's on YouTube. Uh, And and it's, it's just something that's permeated society kind of over the last couple of years without us even really noticing how many people and brands have a podcast, every thinker that you can imagine. So, you know, I, I listen to podcasts all day long. I know you do too. Cause you talk about oh, it all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. And it, it's a great, it's a great way to just kind of kill some time in the background when you're, when you're working, like when you're doing some deep work and you just want that focus, like setting, just putting a conversation that you're not involved in, in the back to where you can allow yourself to drift off to it when you need to, when something catches your attention. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, for instance, on you know, your phone or on your iPad or on a MacBook or whatever, and you type in pretty much any name, you'll find a podcast with them. Like I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan. As you mentioned early in this podcast, I love Jerry. Oh, great. I was on a road trip to Baltimore recently, and I found six podcasts that were an hour long, and it filled up the entire six-hour drive, and it was (laughs) perfect. I I think it's
1: kind of like an evolution to the way that there's been this golden age of television, Um, by ironically shifting it to on-demand. I mean, it's kind of like that here with this. It's almost the golden age of radio. Everyone can have a voice because the cost of of entry, the barrier is so low. Would you agree with that?
0: 100%. And, you know, we're seeing more organizations recognize this and take advantage of it. Obviously, GP is on the cutting edge of this uh, because they have us. But uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a little, That's oh, yes, a, it's a hum, humble brag now. No, no uh, <laughs> we, you know, we're very middle of the pack because we're just getting started, but there's a lot of great organizational podcasts out there and thought leaders within organizations that are creating their own podcasts in their own uh, subject areas. We've seen a little bit of that at GP. Uh, and it's just a way to get your thoughts out there and to execute your message and even refine your message with feedback from other industry leaders that you have conversations with or with um, feedback from your audience. It's a way to refine your message and really evolve over time.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that brings us up to a a good conversation point here is when we're thinking about podcasts for organizations, obviously it makes a lot of sense if you're going, oh, I like golf and I want to follow that. But in terms of organizations, what are some things that you've noticed as benefits for GP strategies um, of this platform?
0: Well, you know, I mentioned how I get to listen to all of the various thought leaders. And, you know, if you're a subscriber to our podcast, you get to hear the same thing. You get to hear about uh, hybrid work environments and the challenges of technical training and diversity and inclusion and hiring practices, and training practices, and podcasting. You get to hear about all these different subjects. Within a company as diverse as GP, it's a really great benefit for us to showcase uh, the great people that we have and to help them elevate – their message it helps the employees the workers become more engaged because not only are they feeling like they're you know important and they're an important piece of the company that you would trust in them to put out their expertise and their message as part of your message but you know they're sharing it on social media hey go check out my podcast as a marketing person i know that it can be a challenge to get people within the organization to share various things on social media i mean we we Tend to highlight our own accomplishments, but uh, you know we might share a, a, a company post once in a while. But something that you can really get your audience to engage with and your workers to engage with is a podcast. It's very personal. It's a chance for people who know you to go on and listen to you speak about your career, about your expertise, and it's just a very different platform than say something like a blog post or you know something that requires. The user to be a little bit more engaged you can passively listen to a podcast and really have a good time
1: point is there's things for everyone and when it comes to gp one of the things i've found so valuable is just having that access to some of these amazing thought leaders within the organization and just being mentored from afar while i'm driving just having that nice passive type opportunity to absorb information as you said right there. So there's a lot of, a lot of good things going on there. Um, you know, Derek, what do you think about this in terms of getting what I would probably say uh, the game plan together for podcasts? So if, if somebody goes, okay, I like it, I think there's a platform, what are some ways that they can start dipping their toes into this? So how do you actually just, let's just start with how do you actually deliver a podcast? Make it, deliver it. Let's talk about the factory
0: process. Well, I I would say that starting a podcast is kind of like writing a song. You got to know what you want to say before you determine how you want to say it, right? That will allow you to take the next step to determine, okay, what equipment do I need? Do I need a a solo setup? Do I need a conversational setup? Essentially, you just kind of want to know what you're going to say. And then you determine how you want to deliver that message. And then it's just a matter of getting the right people together, looking for, you know, uh, the right person to lead, you know, someone who who can be the regular voice or face or both of your podcast. And then determining, you know, uh, how do you want this to sound? What's the production going to be like? Do you want this to be long form where it's three hours of conversation? Or is it more digestible? You know, I, I think we went with, at GP, uh, a digestible 20 to 30 minute podcast, because that's pretty much the average commute, right? So if somebody oh, okay. is, so, yeah. So somebody is, is headed to work or they're on their lunch break and they want to kind of keep their mind in the game or, or, you know, get their mind ready for the day. Uh, I don't suggest listening to work related stuff on the way home, put on, put on your favorite, you know, uh, Bob Seeger album. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll show my age there. No, but uh, you know, it, you really just need to determine how you want it to, uh, to come across and then put the right pieces in place. And then it's just all about execution, right? And, and you're not going to be a superstar podcasting right out of the gate. It's going to take you at least you know, 10 or 12 episodes to get a rhythm of not only you know, how you deliver, whether it's uh, conversational or whether it's a solo podcast, whether it's video or audio. It's going to take some repetition before you get comfortable. But then once you get into that groove, it's easy to just – it's an easy thing. It becomes a habit to do over and over again at whatever interval you choose. So I I like one
1: thing you said there, and I think that's something we might want to double back on, is just expect that maybe you're not going to do a great job for the first 10 or 12, right? So there's that old saying that anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly at first. So just get out there and get the reps going, and listen, be a student in figuring out. And I want to also double back on another thing. You said, first of all, when it comes to podcasting, start almost like with a piece of paper and say, what do we want to talk about? What's what's our message? And Is there something that we can talk about that's an evolution? Is there something new? Are there challenges? Just thinking about things that uh, for your industry or your targeted audience. And the cool thing is your audience could be super micro, couldn't it? I mean, that's the beauty. Right. With this, is you can go seriously niche, and if you hit that right person, you're really connecting and achieving your objectives.
0: Right. Obviously, the uh, the broader the audience, the more room you have for topical discussions. But the narrower the audience, the less broad you need to make your podcast. You can get in there, and if you're talking, let's let's say for instance, you're a neuroscientist, right? Okay. and you're you're talking about something extraordinarily high level and you want other doctors and neuroscientists and people who are interested in that field to listen you're not going to start with the basics of neuroscience if you're talking about something that has that niche field don't be afraid to lean into it
1: absolutely and you know with gp being a global workforce transformation partner Um, You know, the thing that we've done when it comes to that piece of paper, when we're having our marketing meetings, which really amounts to us all hopping on Teams with a Google sheet in front of us, uh, we're sitting there literally going, okay, what are are our goals? What are we trying to put out there? And then who are the thought leaders and what are the stories uh, that we want? And then from there, it becomes a, a snowball rolling downhill in terms of Putting the shows together so really lean into that as derek saying that's some good things so derek i want to talk technical for a second sure. because it's rare to have someone of your technical expertise on here so for someone like myself we get uh the this concept of i i can come up with the story but literally start us with the basics of how do you deliver a podcast to an audience what happens after you've recorded it what then? Because I think for a lot of us, that's scary of how does it how how do you get the files in the computer?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. So, essentially if you want to deliver high quality audio, uh, the best way to get started is a direct voice to computer like Audacity with a couple of microphones in there, in a room, in a soundproof room, but it doesn't have to be like that. The age of the pandemic made us more accustomed to, you know, Jimmy Fallon broadcasting from his hmm. his guest room. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, really, all you need to start out with is a medium in which to record. Now, that can be something like StreamYard, like we're using now, or Zoom, okay. or it could be uh, Riverside FM. There's a lot of different uh, recording solutions out there, and most of them have free trials or are free themselves. And so what I would recommend is finding something you're comfortable with, right? And then once you actually have an audio file that's produced by whatever system you're using, you're going to need to edit it. You're going to need to add in maybe a little bit of a music jingle. You're going to need to think about uh, things like cutting out ums and ers and, and just like the, the filler words. Mm, yes. And, and, and the program that I find is best for that is Audacity, which is free. Okay. Uh, and it's usually pretty good to get somebody from, you know, marketing or, or somebody like me who was in the AV club in high school that, that uh, <laughs> has a little bit of technical background that, you know, doesn't mind cutting some audio. You'll find that within your organization, there are people who want to get involved with new projects like this. You know, it's a, a chance to spearhead a new avenue that could be a huge portion of your, your uh, business. But if you don't have anybody to do that, you could always go to a website like Fiverr, F I V E R -R R.com. Okay. And they have contractors essentially for as few as $5 and as much as, you know, hundreds of dollars that will take whatever audio file you have produced and they'll put some pizzazz into it. You can also use Fiverr or, you know, independent contractors uh, to create things like your introduction. And your what we call an outro, something that's kind of a sign-off piece that has a call to action, subscribe for more, or you know listen for, uh, you know next week's episode with so and so. There's a lot of things that once you have the recording, uh, that can be done to improve the the quality, but you don't necessarily need to. Like we said in the beginning, you're not going to be very good, but it doesn't matter because nobody's listening in the beginning anyway. Find your foot, <laughs> find your footing. And uh, figure out the best editing techniques for you, the best editing person for you. And then you need to host it, right? Once you have that final file where you say, this is is saved as episode one, getting started with so-and-so. Then you need to host it somewhere. We've got an audio file. What are some ways that we can now
1: get that into the podcast world? Like, just explain that to us, Derek, please.
0: Right. So what you'll want to do is you'll just want to head on over to the Google and uh, search for <laughs> search for podcast hosting services. Now, you'll find services like Blueberry. You'll find services like Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. That's Liberated Syndication. Uh, there's a number of, of services out there, and I don't want to rattle them off because there's really hundreds of them. There's f- lots is what you're f- saying. F- yeah, pick one of the top five or six uh, because if they're that high on, on Google, they're going to be legit and find a price point that works for you you're going to have to pay a certain amount each month to upload your files and usually it's about 20 bucks you upload your file and you hit publish and then boom it's it's live now what you'll need to do if you want it to be on apple is you'll right. need to con- connect it with a service called apple connect now that there's instructions there's there's a specific rigorous procedure that you need to go through in order to get that live, but it's pretty simple and pretty much anybody with any kind of computer skill or an internet connection can follow that in about five minutes. What you do is you take your RSS feed and you go create an account with Apple Connect and Apple. I think it's called Apple Podcast Connect, and you just drop in your RSS feed and and any of your uh, services will have the RSS feed link. In a prominent location where you can access it. So you've got a new podcast on Apple Connect and it's time to start moving up the charts.
1: So then basically, once you've got uh, the pipes hooked up, for lack of a better word, when you drop something new into the blueberry um, in X amount of time, once it's approved, it just shows up on Apple Podcasts. Is that
0: what you're saying? Right. It'll be a couple of days, and you'll typically have to search for it because you won't have any views (laughs) right away, so it's not going to be showing up as number one. You're not going to debut It'll be by Joe Rogan
1: or anything right there (laughs) will be showing up there.
0: Some some people are are lucky enough and have a big enough influence that they can debut a new podcast at, at number one or in the top of the charts, and you'll see that occasionally, but even they need to promote it. So once you've got it out there and once you see that you get that email that your podcast has been approved and you are now live on Apple, and here's your link to the uh, Apple Podcast, which is by far the number one uh, podcast service in the world at this point. Once you have that link, it's time to start sharing it with your people. Share it with your employees. Add them all to, uh, or ask them all to add it to their podcast app to subscribe and leave a review it's good to have I, I don't mind getting a couple of reviews right out of the gate from your co-workers or whatnot because it's like putting a couple of bucks in the tip jar if you're playing piano oh, yeah at the piano yeah. Bar. like
1: you're, you're you're seeding the tip jar right
0: right right nobody wants to download a podcast that has zero reviews right so you want to <laughs> get you want to get four or five of your co-workers to go on there and give it a five-star rating write up a podcast that's very complimentary and contains some of the seo or search engine optimization words that will be associated with your podcast. So if we're going back to your plumbing podcast, it'll be like, you know, this is a great podcast for plumbers or p- for people who are interested in getting into the plumbing trade. And we'll talk about uh, the different types of yada, yada, yada. And that would be right. your your description. And then that that can get picked up by the search engine. So somebody types in plumbing podcast, they'll see. Oh, this is uh, GP plumbing and it has uh, five-star <laughs> ratings and it's got uh, half a dozen of them. And it's got a couple of SEO keywords that uh, say, oh, this is exactly the audience that I am. Uh, and, and so that's, that's kind of how you start taking off. This is,
1: this is great, Derek. Cause I don't think you can really just Google some of this thing. The things you're saying are so I would almost call it tacit knowledge. So thank you for sharing this. Let's veer away from the technical for a second. And let's just talk about the personalities of who should podcast. So, what are some of the things that you typically look for when it comes to someone who should be hosting?
0: I really want your host to be somebody who's expressive, and can really speak clearly, and can really uh, just bring a livelihood to people you know who, who might not be uh, forthwith or you know willing to put all their information out there off the top of the head, or somebody who might not be comfortable speaking on camera. It's good to have somebody who can kind of pry that knowledge out and who knows the right questions to ask. Okay,
1: that's good stuff. And I will say another thing, just if we almost flip-flop it in the instructional systems design world, sometimes if you want to get to a targeted thing, you will say, okay, what's the opposite of it? And I don't know about you, Derek, but some of the podcasts that I've given a chance to, but then I've dropped or I've unfollowed, are ones where you have people that are very highly qualified like sports psychologists but I can tell they're reading I can tell they're like they're reading what they're talking about and it's it's an immediate turn off to me if it's flatlined. Oh, yeah. And you're like you're not actually communicating with me you're just reading a script and and not even feeling like you're you're, you're phoning it in almost so any thoughts on that? I mean, things. Yeah. any tips for people that maybe aren't as gregarious as you and I, which, sure. as we've discovered, is kind of a blessing and a curse to be this <laughs> gregarious. But how about if you're someone who goes, okay, I've got a message. I'm just naturally not this type. What would be some tips you would have for them if if they still want to get out there?
0: Sure. Uh, I mean, anybody can get better at anything with practice, right? Uh, if, if you're maybe a little bit uncomfortable in expressing – uh, yourself, and you want to read your, you want to be precise with your language and read it. You can get better at just read, just writing it and then reading it over and over again to yourself and figuring out, you know, how would I say this if I were speaking to somebody, right? And then get the the uh, get the text out of the way. Try it without the text in front of you and see how it comes out. And that's kind of like a starter exercise. For taking the points you want to say and then transitioning them to on the fly thinking. The mind is amazing. Uh, I, you know, despite my lack of a de- degree in neuroscience, as we've established, <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about the mind and how the mind works. And you can actually train the mind to be good at pretty much anything and just memorizing a few points and then filling that with. Uh, transitional sentences that that kind of tie everything together is a skill that you can pick up with practice. It's you see uh, comedians do it every night. They you know a lot of times their joke is written, but if you watch the same performance two or three nights in a row, which I have, you'll see that it's a little bit different each night. It's just a little bit different inflection, a little bit different wording, but the basic structure of what they're trying to say is there, and they've gotten used to that from practice. And that's something that I've learned from doing a daily show, is that you know, you kind of got to get up there every night. You got to get on stage every night and do it. And that's something that comedians always say. They want to work. And the pandemic really put a lot of comedians out of work because they couldn't get up there and, and, and perform. The same thing is true of podcasting. Even if you're not doing a live show or doing even a, a daily show or a weekly show, you want to sharpen that tool. So you want to practice the skill set of, here's a simple message I'm trying to convey. And it might be something that nobody ever hears. You might... Just write down, okay, here's how I'm going to clean my house today. First, I'm going to tackle the kitchen. Then I'm going to get the vacuum. You write it all down precisely, and then practice telling the story. Just little exercises like that can be helpful. Oh, that's so crazy that
1: I almost feel like we're brothers from another mother here. Or are we?
0: We just become best friends because
1: sometimes <laughs> yep. I'll even be cooking, and I'll go – and now I'm cracking the eggs and making uh, sure they're extra fluffy. And so my, this my is, wife, we this is not planned, by the way. So. Yeah,
0: my wife hates the podcast voice because I'll break out like um, <laughs> you break by, into your podcast my, voice. by accident. <laughs> like I'll be telling her about some show she needs to watch on Netflix, and I'll be I'll I'll go into my almost a weatherman like it's oh yeah. you got, yes. so got so, you got the I'll, green screen yeah I'll I'll break into the podcast voice and she's oh, like my God. Derek I, I I I live with you. You can speak in your normal, your normal, oh, annoying voice. It
1: feels it feels so good for those that have stuck around right now. Thank you for indulging us a little bit. <laughs> this is this is it's fun to hear that other people are doing this. Like you're not alone in this world. That's a good feeling. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about some tips
0: and strategies for presenting from brass tacks.
1: What do you need to get started at the most basic form?
0: Right. And for those of you who are driving, either pull over and write this down or just wait Thank till you're you. at a stop location. <laughs> so what I would say is you're going to need at least a high quality microphone, but that shouldn't be as imposing of a demand as you would think, because these days you can get a high quality microphone for about 50 bucks and you can get a, uh, a Yeti snowball microphone uh, or a uh, blue Yeti. Both of those are kind of the standard fare for YouTubers. It's about 50 bucks. And, okay. you know, it has its drawbacks, but they they're, they will amplify your voice. They'll also amplify some of the background noise. You'll get a little bit more echo if you're not in a soundproof room. Uh, you can also go high end. I always recommend the Shure microphone, which we're both using. If you guys like the sound of these voices, uh, they're really good for amplifying that podcast voice. But it's yes, uh, indeed. I I would say that um, the microphone is the most important thing. Uh, You want to sound good because a bad sound is an immediate turn off. And then obviously, you're going to need the software. Uh, The minimal software will be something to capture if it's a solo podcast or something where you're recording in the same room, all you need is audacity. So I as as I was saying, always turn off your Roomba before the uh, podcast. So the <laughs> the standard the standard is Audacity. That's free, and you can record okay. directly into it. Uh, and then if you're using something like we're using, like Streamyard or Zoom, uh, those can also be free. But you'll get the actual file as a download, uh, and then from there you just need to edit it in Audacity. So I'd say Audacity is a minimum basic that everybody should download
1: okay. at the very
0: at the very least just to have the option to do some audio touch-ups if you have an issue like a Roomba coming on during the middle of a podcast. <laughs> so what you're saying is
1: Audacity is literally, it's an audio editing software, right? It's not, right. It's not Final Cut. It's not Adobe Premiere Pro. It's purely for the audio-only
0: podcast, correct? Right. It, it, you can visualize everything in waveform, and that's a way to learn about audio. You can kind of see the audio uh, waveforms and and... While listening to them, you can determine, hey, that sounds bad when it's that high, or that sounds good when it's low, or it needs to be higher, mm. or uh, by, by just playing around with audio in Audacity, you can kind of learn the basics of audio. And then from there, YouTube is your friend. Uh, if you want to learn how to compress your voice, how to add things like echo and special effects and background music and layers, there's all sorts of free tutorials on YouTube, everything's on YouTube these days, and I would highly recommend that if you want to really sharpen that tool, as we said, uh, just just got to learn, got to immerse yourself in yeah, okay, in in, in tutorials.
1: So let's let's um, answer one question here, and then I want to do a microphone comparison here. So sure. you said a word here that to a non uh, technician is confusing. What's this word "compress" mean when you say "compress your audio"?
0: Sure. So when you have a standard audio wave file. Uh, It can sound a little bit rough and a little bit unprofessional. So what I generally do is I do two things. I equalize, which is you kind of raise the high points and lower the low points of the audio. And and there's a quick tool, a quick tutorial to do that on uh, audacity. There's a setting. And then I follow up by compression, which actually it moves everything a little bit closer together without changing the, overall sound. It just kind of makes everything a little bit more crisp and a little bit more clear. And there's varying degrees to which you would want to compress your voice. And some microphones now these days have a standard uh, compression built in, like the ones we use have the the option to compress right out of the gate. Once I have my file in Audacity, I publish it as a WAV file, .wav, and then import it with Levelator. And what it does is level later tops off the the sound for everybody. It puts everything at the same sound level, same peaks, same valleys, and that makes everything a lot clearer. Uh, and then you can take that file and dig it into your uh, your actual editing.
1: This is this is a, a a masterclass here, Derek. So I've been furiously scribbling <laughs> my notes here. So I want to say one thing. And I think the audience might appreciate this. Is when when I was wrangled up here to be the overall host for this a few months ago. I had a microphone that I thought was amazing, but what we found is over time, there's some ways to optimize it. So I'd like the group to just walk on a little journey with me here. And by the way, we're not endorsing, we're not uh, paid for any of this. We just want you to hear the difference and discuss some pros and cons. So what we're gonna do is do a little showdown. Right now I'm using the Sure. I believe it's the MV7 if I'm not mistaken microphone. Derek recommended this one in terms of, as he said, giving you more of that podcaster voice, but also I tend to be a little more excitable when I'm talking and doing these kind of things. So my voice gets pretty hot. you know, it's almost like uh, Kramer jumping through the door in, in seinfeld since we're yeah giddy up
0: maybe that's three seinfeld yeah. references in this podcast so far that's a i, good record.
1: I wanted i wanted a flavor so <laughs> we're doing it okay so what i'm going to do though is using my studio technology here i'm going to switch over to another microphone so i happen to have a second one here this is and it's a great microphone don't get me wrong it's um it's the blue yeti it is a global standard for usb something you just plug right into your computer but i want you to hear the difference i'm talking the same way i'm going to switch it up so just give me a second to do the little switch up here all right so now i'm talking in the same way i'm kind of excited and you know you can hear the difference i can actually see it i've got a little peak and valley thing and i can see it's coming in pretty hot when when i'm talking Derek, are you noticing the difference here just in terms of
0: so for people who aren't watching, I'm wearing headphones, and so I've got a really okay. a really clear window into the audio, and it's just at a at a much higher level. And and to be clear, so you're using the Yeti now, and before you were on the shirt. Yeti,
1: right? Yeti, right. Yeti. Yep, I'm using the Yeti.
0: So what you're what you're really seeing here or hearing is just the differences between you know a, a uh, an out of the box affordable microphone and a more high end microphone. They're both great microphones. And the Yeti is is one where it really amplifies your voice quite well, but you might need to compensate by turning things down, or by deamplifying the uh, voice within, uh, you know, one of your audio programs like Audacity. Whereas, Sure has kind of an on-screen amplification monitor, and you can kind of in real time adjust. And that's just just a subtle difference between. You know, a $300 microphone and a $50 or $60 microphone, both of which I've used professionally, both of which you've used professionally. And again, we're not endorsing, just kind of showing that, you know, with a cheaper microphone, it might require a little bit more post-production than with something that's a little bit more high-end.
1: Got it. And one of the things that uh, Derek had mentioned to me is that when you have something more like this, more of the higher-end microphone, and by the way, these are both what we call USB microphones, so you plug them right into your your laptop or your computer, you don't need any kind of fancy intermediary type of things. Here is that with this, uh, more of the sure type microphone, you generally will be a little closer to the microphone in terms of speaking. You can get a little further, they've got some settings. But uh, as you can see, when I do that with the Yeti, I'll switch back over to it here, the the blue Yeti. Is that, um, it it starts coming in pretty hot. I can see a lot of red on it. So generally you were saying to me, Derek, what are some, if somebody has one of these and like, this is what I'm dancing with, what are some tips for them where they don't blow it out or clip so much?
0: And again, I, 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 would always recommend, uh, listen, you know, watching the experts who've reviewed these things from a technical perspective on YouTube or whatnot, you'll see that, um, the Yeti has some advantages in which, you know, you could set it in the middle of the table, and there's a setting for bi-directional input. So you set it in the middle of the table and you can have a conversation between two people and have one input and you won't need any of that expensive intermediary equipment, no mixed down equipment. It essentially becomes a two-person podcast setup for $50 because it makes the voice so loud. But that also means that when you're sitting there recording, you don't need to be as close to the microphone. Whereas something like the Sure. It's a little bit more refined. It's designed to be kind of for the, the person who's sitting at your desk like you or I and has the microphone right in their face. I try and keep that about a hand's width away from my mouth. So what I'll try and do before I go live every, every episode is I'll, I'll take my hand and I'll put it on the very end of the microphone and then just kind of line up my chin with my thumb. And then I know that's about the distance I want to be and it'll be nice and clear.
1: All right. So for those that have stuck around and they're watching the video, I'm doing that right now. i got the hand. What <laughs> a great job. Great- t- I mean, this is this is great stuff, Derek. Thank you so much for this. This is just your serious goal that you're dropping for our audience here. So we've covered so many great things here today. Um, let's talk about a couple things. If you've got the microphone, you've got your story and you want to sweeten the pot a little bit here. What are some best practices we might have in terms of ways to just add a little more refinement to your podcast give it kind of that npr feel
0: right so you know i always find that a little bit of music and royalty free music is uh always available for free on on youtube Uh, there's an audio library where you can download different music depending on your description and again that comes with a little bit more work within audacity you can take little clips and. Uh, adjust the levels so that it fits nicely in the background. I always recommend when you're reviewing the headphone or reviewing the podcast as an editor, wearing headphones because you can pick up on little noises that you might not hear through your computer speakers. Obviously, the better the headphones, the better, but you don't need anything super expensive. AirPods are fine, but so are you know, just some wired headphones from Walmart for twenty dollars, you know. Uh, I would recommend uh, regularity in in terms of your podcasting. Uh, You don't want to have one that comes out every three or four months. You want to kind of maintain. I shoot for beginners for once a week. Four episodes a month is generally enough for a standard plan of 30 minutes per episode. That's generally what the opening plan for most of these podcast services is designed for. Four 30-minute episodes a month. And to get 30 minutes of usable, good audio, you might need to record 45 because there's always going to be, you know, uh. You know, Roomba's going off in the middle of a podcast, or, or, <laughs> or, or things like that. So, you know, I would recommend um, showing the uh, unfinished product to some of your people on your creative team before you go live, especially the first couple, because they might have ideas that you know didn't occur to you know maybe the more technical people, and uh, can really add a lot of production value or just little things that they might pick up on that you know maybe you you miss the forest for the trees sometimes in recording you know exactly. you, you might notice that there's uh well i'm i'm saying um a lot because i'm used to saying um and i'm i'm not used to uh having to trim that or having to edit myself somebody who's listening might say well you know you said um 16 times in 30 seconds maybe trim those out right things like
1: absolutely. that absolutely and you know reviewing your game film if you will really helps you spot your own things. Typically, most of us are our own harshest critic when you start going, I say that a lot, or I say the word whatnot, or whatever, those kind of things. You start to go, wow, I need to cut that out Even and not rely on my editor to do that. You know, one thing that I think you hit, I just want to double check that I'm correct on this for our audience, is the fact that if you are doing a podcast, you want to use royalty-free music. Is that correct, Eric?
0: Right, so... Uh, especially if you're posting on YouTube, because they have systems that will, if you try and use, like we said, your favorite Bob Seger jam, YouTube will recognize that and they will penalize you and you can have your channel removed. You can have your content taken down. And so YouTube has made a library. Uh, It's called the YouTube audio library and it's all royalty free music. It's free to use. Uh, oftentimes, you just you just have to list the creator's name in your comments. Uh, they they it generally comes with some kind of instruction. You could also get something uh, like a more professional uh, music kit from, let's say, Envato or uh, you know one of these asset companies that sells things online that sells things like music and stock video. They generally have music. If you're just looking for something short and don't want to. Uh, edit a big song. I don't really know what you're, what you want. An industry term that I didn't know until I got started is stinger. There's a, there's music called a stinger mm. music, and it's essentially like 15 seconds of audio that's designed to play in the background. Doesn't have any kind of vocals. Um, and then always, uh, if if you're doing an outro, you want some kind of uh, a synergy with the music in the beginning, just to kind of tie it together and bookend. The feeling like you don't want to open up with, um, you know, with slow music, corporate music, and then end on heavy metal. You want to keep the same, you know, feel throughout, you know. Uh, so I definitely recommend audio in the background, it can add just a, uh, a level of enjoyment that goes up a level from just people talking.
1: I love that. And so we're hitting on a couple key things here keep it royalty free, think about intro outro stingers if you want to have a little bit of environmental music just make sure that you're pulling it from something that is not going to get you shut down specifically if you're in an organization being shut down on youtube if you're doing more of the vodcast style it's probably not a good thing so and you know the main thing is i think derek is that we want to try and get better every episode right i mean that's that's the main thing is you're not trying to to just become perfect
0: initially we just want to get a little better every week So the way I've always looked at it in my personal production is I want to get 1% better every single video. And then after 100 videos or 100 uh, audio recordings, you're 100% better. You know, it's the law of exponential progress. And then after 900, you're 900% better. If you maintain that (laughs) principle, I want to get a little bit better, you know, because, obviously, you know, honestly, if you're just getting started podcasting, you're not going to be great at it. But you 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 will get better just by doing it and just by setting that goal of getting a little bit better each time. We've
1: um, we've taken this and this has been kind of our English patient uh, episode here. Typically, yeah. we like to keep these pretty short. You had mentioned we try to shoot for more of that commute style, you know, in the 15, 20 minutes. But you know what? As you can see, some of some people do long form things, don't they?
0: Yeah. And long form can be really engaging and it can keep people listening for a long time, which is something that will help your podcast do better. And when you're talking about growing your podcast, right, the easiest way, in my opinion, to grow is to have somebody who people want to hear from on your podcast right away. You know, So like I mentioned, Jerry Seinfeld, when I searched for his name within my podcast platform, I found six podcasts, none of which I was subscribed to to begin with. And so just by uh, having a name, let's say uh, Elon Musk or, you know, some, somebody else who's been in the news lately on your show as a, you know, as a guest, it'll create traffic that will help grow your podcast.
1: Awesome. Derek, I can't thank you enough for getting behind the curtain here showing off some of your fantastic insight for the group. This has been a serious knowledge drop. So on behalf of the entire listening nation of Performance Matters, thank you so much for being here today. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.